All right, kids, I'm your host, Cody Christopher, and here we are with our first episode of the Smash My Records podcast. Joining us in the studio today, FM Rodeo. Say hello, kids. What's up? What is up? And joining us remotely from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, it is Christian Nichols from Boys Home and Adored. Say hello, Christian. Hey, hi, howdy, y'all. Listen, everybody's made their short introductions. Let's get on with it. How about this one? Self-titled National Anthem FM Rodeo on the Smash My Records podcast. That's true that we know vertigo, but I'm not quite like you. Read straight through between the lines, you wonder now where we get out of life. It makes me try, it makes me try, alright. One step, two step, three step, four. She's got 16 ways, and I know where to go. She's got 16 ways this time, and I know where to go. I can't believe you. Two step, three step, four She's got 16 ways And I know where to go She's got 16 ways this time And I know where to go I can't believe you when you look at me And say through my cold eyes She's got 16 ways And that's not Corridor said, I'm not quite like you. He then twisted the ceiling. The one thing that you always love the most. I said, Yeah, yeah, that's true. That we know vertigo, but I'm not quite like you. You straight through between the lines. You want it now. Where we get out alive. It makes me try. It makes me try. Step two, step three, step four. She's got 16 ways, and I know where to go. She's got 16 ways this time, and I know where to go. I can't believe you when you look at me.
FM rodeo. It's called Self-Titled National Anthem. Did I get that right? Self-Titled National Anthem? Self-Titled National Anthem. Okay, so I have to ask, because I know the title probably has nothing to do with it, but was was there some some kind of ulterior motive to get your meat hooks into, into folks at this, like hostile time in a political environment uh we're using <laughs> self-titled national anthem now that you mention it like that. okay so where are we so that started out i i saw an article that said it said well-dressed thieves break into a bank and steal like basically they stole everything and i was like Originally, the song was called "Well-Dressed Thieves," and so okay, which I'm gonna call it. I basically this most of the lyrics are about basically like you know breaking some breaking in somewhere, stealing everything. But then I ended up naming the band that my previous band that okay. So I was like, well, I got to change it. I really like the name, but I, re- I like it so much, I'm gonna name like the band that. So self-titled national anthem. It just kind of came out of that whole situation. Can't really explain. So it's a, the short answer is that the short answer is that it's a coincidence in our in our political divide of amongst us. It will you know go away soon, uh, but it's just a pure coincidence that he named it that. Not nothing well, to provoke you know. And that's cool too. Either way, the song is <laughs> has nothing to do it's with absolutely that. Not. It's a great yeah, hype song. Yeah, and much so, before the whole political divide. So, so it's, I just, it's a little bit older. Yeah. yeah. FM Rodeo. So this is uh, one of your your previous singles. You have a new one. We're going to get to that just a little bit later. Uh, I wanted to jump into the meat of that song. Just 16 ways. What the hell? Yeah. What are, no, what are those? Um, Can you explain uh, at least the, the top uh, four of the 16? One quarter. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a little shortcut here, a roundabout, I guess to say. I was listening to the Libertines a lot at the time that I wrote that song, and... They have lyrics like that. I want to say, I forget. But he says, she's gone 16 ways and I know where to go. No, it's it's close. Now, now I do a radio show and we've talked about this before, I do believe. And so I I have a little bit of background on you guys, but I don't want to pretend like everybody else does because you're going to be new to a lot of folks out there. So as you guys are a new band, so to speak, you've been around for a while. But you're going to yes. be a new band to a, a lot of folks as we're starting a new revolution, in case you didn't know. Join the revolution. Let's have you guys to introduce yourselves as uh, the 50-50 of FM Rodeo. Well, I am Troy. I am the guitar player. I'm also the vocalist. Uh, I write the songs. And this here. I'm Johnny. I play drums. Hi, Johnny! Howdy, folks! Slash videographer, slash... All right, so I do a lot of the production as well, and um, I guess I hire a lot of artists to help with the concepts and stuff, but when it comes to the music, which is kind of like, you know, the raw content, uh, Troy writes a song. We've been... um, We've been jamming together for some 23 years, and so when we get together in a room and Troy comes up with... Even if we're just jamming... Uh, we can pretty much fall into a certain rhythm very instantly uh, just because we've been playing together for so long. In fact, it Troy gave me my first music lessons, so to speak, whenever I was a teenager. And so, uh, you know, I just we speak the same language whenever it comes to that. Now, I say that to say this. The music that uh, we're putting out today, uh, we got some new stuff. Some of the stuff is a little bit older, with it written in the last, what, say, you know, 15 years or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
we have that long, rich history, you know, with a lot of other folks too. But um, what what you hear today with FM Rodeo is, um, <clears throat> well, 2023 at this point, we guess we kicked off this moniker in 2015. Yeah, that's when we started playing with Ben. That's right. So we started playing with Ben. So we're a three-piece out of, um, I don't know, I can't even say where we're out of. Troy lives in Fredericksburg. I live Texas in- Hill Country. Yeah. So How's that? I, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. yeah. We're a right. Texas Hill Country band. And Marshall, our bass player now, he lives in Austin. He plays in several bands. That's the best place to find a bass player, folks. If you're in Texas and you need a bass player, go to Austin. <laughs> Become a dime a dozen. Can you keep them playing with you? That's, that's there's, a different There's thing. plenty of flaky bass players in Austin, yeah. Texas. Lots of cornflakes. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love a good bass player. I know that you guys do the juggling act. Uh, if you're anything like Christian from Boys Home and Adored, Christian, are you, are you joining us? I'm here and I am alive. Johnny said, hashtag Remoklahoma. <laughs> Remo- yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, He's joining us r- remotely from Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> remote- yeah, I like it. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm the uh, Remoklahoma. Yeah, Remoklahoma. You You're also a guy who who's had your fair share of bass players, correct? Oh, quite a few. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Johnny? I just want to say thank you, Cody, for having us. You haven't really introduced yourself all that much, and uh, it's been a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we know you from uh, your radio show, uh, Morning Show with, on Rev FM. That's right. Yeah. And um, you, you've asked us to come and do this, and we certainly appreciate you. Uh, you know, What I appreciate is a band who is passionate about what they do, regardless of the circumstances that may surround them and they keep on pushing the pedal to the, I love to see that. And that's what I saw with you guys. And, and, and really that's why I gave you a chance because some folks will just toss something to me and, and they're gone with it. You guys kept on pressing and I I listened, I loved what I heard and there's lots of influence. I, we've discussed this before, and this this will come up. But uh, for me, Green Day, there's Nirvana, there's Oleander, there's Lit. There's I hear this stuff in, in all of your uh, music. And I know that a good handful of years ago, when a band sounded versatile, when they were different from song to song, that was kind of a, that was a no deal for record labels. You know, they wanted, they wanted a Nickelback. Right. Sorry, Nickelback. I love you, but uh, thirteen records later, you know, and and you guys are are versatile from song to song. Like I can listen to one song and go, oh man, there's like heavy like Weezer influence to me there, or that's like uh, Green Day and Oleander got married. What <laughs> you, you know? So I, I like that aspect of it. I think the basis of it is just snotty punk rock. There's something about there's something about what was going on in the nineties, all that good nineties rock that I was lucky enough to grow up with to form my influences, maybe want to pick up the guitar in the first place. Like you said, Green Day, Dookie. It's one of my favorite oh, albums of all time. Love that. Um Nirvana, Pearl Jet, the, the mm. grunge scene, obviously, yeah. you know, it's it's it holds. It stays it stays true, it's strong. I still listen to all that stuff today. Still almost Mostly, it was pure. Um, in the '90s, there, there was something that was needed because you had these fabricated bands, like you spoke of earlier, 
Um, you know, the hair metal scene was, was great and all until it wasn't until it died until it's so fabricated and oversaturated and people are just kind of over it. So then I guess the grunge movement broke out and then the whole entire nineties just like had this very interesting evolution of, uh, characters and, and just a whole bunch of different scenes all across the world. And there's this great attitude in the nineties and everything about it was just, uh, you know, growing up with that stuff. And now it's just super nostalgic but of course those types of bands that you mentioned uh were influential and it's also a compliment to hear uh, at least in my aspect to, to you know when you say when you compare us or you know hear these influences out of the uh other bands because i mean you know we loved those bands i think that the the 90s brought <laughs> they did bring so much to uh music that that uh I think kids felt like they could, they could jump in front of their parents with with both middle fingers up and go fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel like you know, whereas before you would just grow your hair out long, and that was kind of the fuck you. Right. But um, if you know, I think the nineties just took us to a point where you could jump out in the hallway in your underwear and go fuck you. It was fuck you with energy. <laughs> oh, one thing that uh. Or- about like 90s rock that my dad pointed out like my dad likes a lot of 90s and he's in his late 60s but he said what he likes about it is it reminds him about the same kind of rock music he listened to growing up you know and that was all influenced by that time yeah okay i got you, you know, man. i just thought of uh the 90s is sort of like um 80s punk rock is what really kicks really honestly sparked the 90s movement in a way so it's sort of like um if the 80s punk rock movement was uh, popular, it would have been the 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, got gotcha. you. I haven't crafted that sentence together very well, but that's just <laughs> sort of a figment of my imagination, I reckon. Well, it's, I, it's just as there. I feel like there's, uh, well, I mean, you take iconic records of the 90s like uh, the Weezer Blue album. Yeah, oh, it's one of my favorite albums. Produced by Rick Ocasek from the Cars. Yes, and you a know? lot of people know that. One of my very favorite albums of all time is that 1978 The Cars album. It's just what I needed. No pun intended. Is That that song's probably not even on that album. No, it is. It is? It is. All yeah. right. You got it. I shouldn't have said <sighs> So Such a, a great album, and, and, and you have Rick Ocasek, you know, post The Cars, producing this fucking fabulous record is these kids that are dressed in in, in uh you know uh bowling shirts and yeah yeah cardigan yeah yes. they look like they just pumped your gas you know right. but <laughs> dude they were they were selling out fucking arenas and they were a part of this big movement and then you had all these i i think one of the the first bands that i heard from the 90s that made me turn my head and it was before i heard nirvana Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, yes. I went, whoa, what is this? Groundbreaking. There's another band that was kind of at the end of the hair metal era, but there were all these funky sounds going on in their music. They're a band called Bang Tango, and they produced a record, their their first big record, Psycho Cafe. They made that over in San Marcos at Fire Station Studios, which is just oh, a really? hop, skip, and a jump away from the Smash My Records studios we, over here. Yeah. know that place. We actually recorded a demo there. We got a demo. Yeah. <laughs> There's demos uh, floating around out there that we did re- over at Fire Station. But 
to kind of circle back to your point, it's very interesting that we're very influenced by, say, bands like Weezer, but you listen to them whenever they released back in the 90s. It is interesting that they recorded with Rick because that's who influenced them. And if you want to date it back, it's like, well, okay, cool. Like, say, like, we like, you know, Kurt Cobain. Well, he loved uh, John Bonham's drumming and Jimmy Page's guitar playing, among, you know, the Beatles' melody writing, uh, all these other influences. And so it's um, it's more than just about 90s nostalgia to hear, you know, what we come through. Because even in the 90s, you hear elements of Black Sabbath and all kinds of other shit, you know, and a lot of that that music. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, yeah. yeah, And that's what I love about, like, the the Gen X, you know, where the lines start to blur between. Really, it's it's Boomers, Gen X, and, and uh, the next couple of generations. I, I feel like uh, those next couple of generations are starting to dig in and kind of, you of know. Of course, you know, I think there's a, you know, I guess you could consider us, like, older millennials, and so we are on the cusp of, you know, that, that tail end of Gen X where we're lucky enough to be around in the 90s. But even people younger than us, uh, just like we drew back more inspiration from the Pixies and, you know, the 80s punk movements and stuff, people younger than us are digging back and finding out what Nirvana is all about and, you know, uh, other bands like that. And it's very, it just, it's sort of like a, a cycle and it comes and it goes and it comes and goes and it hits different generations and it's cool to go to a rock show to where there's a different all ages, right? Because then you see all these people at different points of their life. All they needed is rock and roll. That's what united them. Name three songs. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the assholes. <laughs> I got three songs for you. Fuck you. <laughs> Eat my shorts. <laughs> oh, Get bent. Get yeah. bent. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It's that's, pretty that's weird. Like if, I was in San Antonio at La Cantera not long ago. And yeah, it's like saw like... Kim Kardashian style girl wearing like a Allison Chains the oh. was it dirt like the album cover on oh, her shirt no. and I was like man I was so tipped right. I was like I got don't do it don't be rude to it. I don't care if they wear Allison Chains thongs it's like you know what Allison Chains is a great band hopefully that's trademarked <laughs> well, listen uh, now that we know you guys a little bit and and uh, we've heard one of your songs let's play one from. Uh, from one of Christian's bands. And, and listen, I'm going to let him decide which band to play first. Do we want to hear from Boys Home first or do we want to hear from Adored first? Let's listen, to, let's listen to some Boys Home stuff. All right, let's do this one. This record is from, is it 2017? 2016. 2016. All right, so we're yep. digging into a back catalog. What's cool about this is... It's new for a lot of you. And when these guys get out on the road, they're going to be playing a lot of these songs. But this is one that I wanted to bring to your attention uh, from Boys Home. Let's go ahead and play this one. It's called Al. Then we'll come back and we'll talk about this one a little bit. You are tuned in to the Smash My Records podcast. It's Boys Home.
Boys Home. We've got Christian on with us. He's joining us from OKC, Oklahoma City. How you doing, Christian? Yeah, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Before we uh, before we jump into to really getting to know you, let's talk about that song a little bit. Okay. This is a, a pretty intimate song, at least yeah. for you, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's an extremely personal. A lot of times uh, I write in like metaphors. Uh, this one is pretty, pretty literal translation um, of a song. Uh, when you strip it back, if it's me playing it on an acoustic. Uh, <laughs> it's almost a country song. Oh, what is yeah, the, it's What is the content of this? Because uh, I hear you you uh, talking about hanging with friends and playing shows next to your brother. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, boys home was born out of kind of the, the, uh, dissolution or the, you know, the ending of a previous project. Um, and, uh, it was about, you know, the tail end of the project prior to boys home, uh, it felt like we were hitting this stride where like, you know, this is the thing that we were going to do and the energy it shows was really incredible between not only the members, but the audience. Um, and you know, there were all these talks of like, well, maybe, maybe let's get out on the road. Let's do some tours. And, um, ultimately, uh, just like everybody wasn't necessarily on the same page. Um, but Lennon and I, uh, from, from that band, uh, and Lennon's my brother, we decided to start this other project where the the whole premise was let's get out, let's play shows, let's tour. And uh, this song was about, you know, being out on the road. Something that when I had written the song had only experienced just a little bit of. And so it was almost a, you know, me trying to project this thing onto myself where, you know what, we, this is the thing we were made to do. We're going to do it. So let's just fucking get out there and do it. And, uh, that was kind of what the song was about. And, um, yeah, it's just about chasing the thing that you love and, you know, doing whatever you have to do to make that shit happen. Well, let's, uh, let's have you to introduce yourself now. Christian Nichols, you are essentially one half of adored and, yeah. uh, one third or is it one quarter of uh, of Boys Home? Time will tell. Historically, okay. uh, it's been it, it's been one third of Boys Home. You know, I don't know that the Boys Home chapter is necessarily closed, uh, but yeah. And uh, your your new project you share with your brother as well, Adored. Yeah, Adored. Yeah, uh, and that's you know that's it's a departure from the boys home stuff. It's like a new wave post punk, uh, kind of nod to things like the cure and Depeche mode and new order. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the adored thing. And we're going to get to some of that a little bit later. You guys kind of met briefly before the show started, uh, remotely. And it is, this is the first time that we've been on together, but FM rodeo, they're currently out playing shows doing some runs, also staying busy, trying to make money. <laughs> but really, the reason that I wanted to get you guys on is is both of these bands, I feel like, are very capable of 
making a living doing what they love, and that is entertaining us. That is tugging at our heartstrings and slicing our livers and spleens open sometimes. But it's this is stuff that we uh, that we relate to that we haven't been exposed to because you haven't been a part of the big machine. And I know that that through the years you've probably you know tried tried to go that route. You tried to get signed with the label because that's <laughs> traditionally that's the way that a band makes money. But uh, then introduce the internet and Spotify and all this bullshit that caused bands to become a third party. Yeah, you the, guys are looking at me puzzled, like, the, no, the, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, third party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a third party to go to? You <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be talking about upper management, would you? Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, uh, the monstrosity of the, the known as the music biz uh, has evolved, and not necessarily in, a, in the better way. As we all probably know, the short of it is, well, you used to sell records and you used to go on the road and sell merch. Uh, now, because of streaming platforms and it, what have you, it's hard to get that money into the artist's pockets. It always has been, even when you were selling units uh, with a, a label and all of that. So it's, you know, and it topped that off with, you know, people getting signed into contracts that would shelve their their albums, uh, locking up their music forever because they signed a contract because they were bamboozled but then you also got people like barry gordy stealing songs and shit you know from all these other artists that they didn't know better they just wanted to do what they loved and got bamboozled now you fast forward it to what's going on now which i'll be honest i don't know a whole lot about what's going on now but i know that the old machine as you say bmi and ascap you know they um it's they broke man they haven't done anything for us no and, you know we've been we've been pushing shit on spotify and made a platforms and all that shit and yeah we're growing but it's all because of his uh, organic growth of what of what we've been doing now it's like you have to pay for you have to pay meta and you have to pay spotify you have to pay all this this machine to get elevated but it's like man where the fuck is the middleman on that you know back you know you almost just want to be all right you're taking our money and we're actually not getting any money back and, and you guys, like Christian as well, I'm sure, you own your songs, you own your publishing, you've not signed with any of the machines, nor BMI, ASCAP, CSAC, blah, 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 extortionist. New, yes. We, uh, we did sorry. the poor man's songwriting where you record your demos and then you mail them to yourself. If you don't open it, you keep it. Right. And that is the poor man's way of copywriting your own music. It sounds like Christian knows that one as well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm uh, familiar with that. It, yeah. It's old school, but I mean, you are correct, sir. Uh, we are completely independent and we are independent artists. So everything that we do comes out of pocket. And that, you know, for a lot of people who just like to listen to music, they don't really know about what goes into it. It's a. Uh, uh, time to write the songs, time to perform the songs, pre-production, post-production, recording costs an arm and a leg. Yeah, there are a lot of handshakes that take place, you know? Yep. Uh, right. A lot of handshakes that take place uh, as far as is getting that music from, from the bedroom to the rehearsal studio to pre-production to laying that stuff down to having it mixed to having it mastered to having it get out to all the platforms i mean you're you're really out of a lot of dough and a lot of fucking time 
Oh yeah, there's definitely a a lot of effort that goes into it. I'm, I remember reading an article from Chevelle, you know, well-established band. They'd been established for a while, but he was talking about like Spotify, for instance. And he's just like, we make nothing from Spotify. He's like, it would be nice, like, you know, to make a buck or two with this new, he's like, I'm excited to release this new song, but he's like, I'm, we're not going to make a lot of money from this. I already know. He's like, they do it from touring. And it was during the pandemic. And he's like, well, obviously we can't tour this thing. It's, it's really, it's, it's sad that it's kind of gone in that direction, you know. I I think that it's uh, it's it's probably extremely frustrating for bands, and and bands like Christians bands, uh, Boys Home and Adored, who you've got you guys have not been on the road since COVID, correct? Correct. Yeah, we've not been on the road actually since 2018. So it's uh, it's been a minute. So a lot has changed, and I'm sure that a lot of bands have informed you that are working right now that some of those venues that they used to be able to call upon to get a sure gig, uh, those numbers are disconnected, no longer in service. Those those venues no longer exist. Correct, yeah. Again, evolution, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but um, the music business in general changes just like you know, almost anything. Uh, entertainment and show business is... Um, it can be volatile and, you know, especially with, I guess you could say, uh, uh, economic current events and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, the COVID thing was uh, just an absolute you know, blast. Um, but it, a lot of business took, took a huge hit, went under. And so booking after COVID was a very interesting, especially if you're active right before COVID. Uh, after COVID, you kind of come out and it's like, you kind of come out to it, you open the hatches and it's nuclear waste everywhere. And you're like, who survived? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Finally, finally find somebody who's still, a, you know, a lot of bands broke up during COVID. Yeah, that yeah. too. Well, the funny thing, the funny thing about, uh, used to, you would talk about the machine as far as the music industry goes. And 90% of the time you're referring to, you know, record labels and shit like that. But now when you talk about the machine, you're talking about, you know, uh, these, these massive companies that had to basically quote unquote, save these, these businesses in the midst of the pandemic, which, you know, live nation Ticketmaster, things like that. So, so the machine now is not only just the record labels and that whole, that whole thing, but you've also got now it's just like music venues in general. You know, I've got friends that, you know, live in big cities like Denver and shit like that. And it's hard to get, you know, a gig at a, uh, a venue that they used to book all the time because now that venue is owned by Live Nation and the demand for larger artists, larger shows is, is much greater than it used to be. So not only is like the machine record labels, but now uh, the thing that actually used to pay us who didn't have record labels, uh, those are those have turned into the machine as well. And I want to stop you right now at that, because what we're doing here on the Value for Value podcast, by the way, boost these artists. You can you can do that when they're when their music is playing. They're going to get 90 percent of that. Whatever you send them, they're going to get 90 percent of it. There's really a revolution that is about to take place. And here's why you are able as artists, you guys are able to interact with fans immediately immediately if they find value in what you're doing and they want to pay 
a dollar or they want to pay some Satoshis uh, to you, which would be a part of a Bitcoin, um, that will go immediately to you. And did, did you know that you could go to down the street and buy gas or groceries tonight with, with that, which is crazy, right? Instantly. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's a strange. I just want to point out. It's a strange time for us. Me and like me and Troy have been doing this, uh, you know, for o- almost two decades or more. And it's a strange time that uh, there's no platform. There, let me just say it like this: It's great that we have platforms like YouTube and Spotify, etc., to be able to get our shit out there, right? But they're not doing us any favors by uh, burying us in the sand if we don't boost, uh, you know, pay money and boost. And then even then, they pay like shit anyway. And they want to take thirty percent of your. And, and so <laughs> look at it. Look at it like this: uh, the um, the platform that you're talking about. What do you what do you call it? Value for value. Value yeah. for value platforms. It, it takes you. It cuts out the middleman. It takes you, the audience, and the, and the, whoever is enjoying our content. It's uh, like meeting you guys at the merch booth after the show. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 that. That was the analogy I was fixing to use. Thank you, because it's a lot of places, a lot of venues charge to. They charge a percentage of what you make for the merchandise inside the venue, yep. but hell, meet us at the van after the show. You okay, I mean? so so let's take it a step further. Let's start talking about this. So if you guys are able to interact with your fans, you'll know exactly where they're at. If you start to build a fan base in New Jersey, then you go to fucking New Jersey and you play a show for people that want to see the show, not six people and bar staff. Right. At a show in Chicago that nobody yeah. gives a fuck about. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you avoid this, the gamble. This is going to be able to, I think the way that we're doing things and the way that Adam Curry was envisioning things for 20 years uh, until it got to this point, there is an old system, but there is the new system. And, and the ways of the old... When artists figure out, listen, there are already artists trying to regain their publishing from ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, extortionist. Uh, (laughs) Taking it off. Yeah, they're trying to regain that. And there are a lot of artists that own their own catalogs and publishing and music. And we're going to start to see them uh, on platforms like Wavelake. By the way, go to wavelake.com. You can find uh, FM Rodeo's music there. Wavelake. It is W-A-V-L-A-K-E.com. Like the file wave. It's clever. W-A-V-L-A-K-E.com. That's where you'll want to go. You can find their music there. Uh, But boost them while you're listening to this show. Christian, you want to chime in? Any anything about uh, being able to perhaps pinpoint your audience? Not just not just in the United States, but all over the freaking planet. Well, yeah, it's great. I mean, I can attest to the fact that within weeks—not even weeks, probably a week—of you know having our stuff up on the Wavelake platform, I was receiving messages through our Bandcamp from people who were interested in whatever we had going on currently. So somebody caught, caught wind of a boys home song on wave Lake and, you know, found us via Bandcamp, which means they put in effort to figure out who we were, where yeah. we were at, what we were doing and hit us up and said, Hey, you sound like these bands and I really love what you're doing. Is there anything you're doing currently? Because they were aware that, you know, the boys, home, they, they looked in far enough to see that boys home hadn't put out anything since 2017. So, uh, 
you know, they're hitting me up going, Hey, what are you doing now? Because I really like what you're doing, what you were doing. What you were doing before. I love that. They're in, they, they loved you enough to go and investigate. And that's, that means a ton. I mean, a shit ton is, is somebody who cares about the, their craft, you know, like you want, you want people to like the thing that you're doing, you know, if not for, for some egotistical thing, but because like, I remember being, you know, seven years old and hearing blink and just being like, holy shit, like, this is what I want to do with my life. Like, I need to know everything about this band. I want to know, you know, what, what they did before. I want to know what's coming next. And I want to go, you know, like see and experience this thing. So when like people take time out of their lives to reach out and say, Hey, this thing that you made means a lot to me. And I want to know if there's any other thing I can connect myself to that you've done in the past that like means a shit ton. So like, yeah, like just knowing that like we put that out there, you know, we had a tip that like, Hey, this wave lake thing's really cool. You should check it out. Maybe you should, you should upload your stuff. A lot of that, you know, Corey Keller, a good friend of ours had, had, uh, shared his experience with it so we were like all right hey you know let's do it adam and, curry uh, it took almost, him to uh, to number one on uh, on the wavelength yeah. charts yeah so so it was uh it was very exciting just to see you know people care about this thing that we haven't really touched or picked up you know since 2018 reach out to us and say hey what are you doing now because uh this was really cool well hey christian let's uh Let's play another one from FM Rodeo, if you're cool with that. Nope. You, you probably have not heard this one. Now, I do a, a morning show at Rev FM, the rock of the Texas Hill Country. It is where your Texas rocks. It truly is. You guys have come over there. Absolutely. You, you, know, you know for a fact that is we, where Texas rocks. Home away yeah. from home. We've, we've, <laughs> we, we've had a few uh, family-friendly segments over on uh, the morning show with Cody. Now, I, I play these songs uh, on the FM, but you guys don't get paid for them. But we're going to get you paid today. We're going to get you guys paid. I guarantee you that there's someone that's going to love this one. This is the brand new one from FM Rodeo. And listen, we've got people calling on the FM about this one. I'm sure that they're going to deposit some Satoshis into your account today. This one is called Pop Song. You guys have been playing it for a while. We'll talk about that in a few. It is FM Rodeo on the Smash My Records podcast.
FM Rodeo on the Smash My Records podcast. Boost those guys, Please. if you would. Yes, get them paid. They could use some gas money. Uh, how the hell are you guys getting home tonight? Well, with, with the lack of gas money, it, it is going to be a bit of a challenge. They need some help. Uh, your gratuity is appreciated, folks. <laughs> Certainly. So uh, tell us, tell us what. I I know a little bit about this, but I want the the other folks out there that are hearing this for the first time to know. You guys have been playing this song for quite some time. This song has been around since about 2007. Plain Sustain. Yeah, yeah. One of my previous many band names, it was called Plain Sustain, but that song came out of all that, and... It was in the efforts of wanting everything I was listening to, uh, Green Day, Saves the Day, Jimmy World. I was like, I want to write a song like these guys are playing, you know, kind of sound like in that vein. And, you know, you go through a breakup, that's 10 songs right there. <laughs> and so that song came out <laughs> That's of right, situation. Taylor Swift. <laughs> she could tell you all Yeah, about yeah, it. right? So uh, uh, my girlfriend's aunt pointed out the uh, inspiration for part of the melody, perhaps. It's unknown. But um, you know, pop song. Uh, pop song. It starts off. What if I was to say? No. Oh, uh, where are you going with this? You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> what is there a melody that that reminds you of, Cody? It sounds a little familiar to me. I never <laughs> thought I'd die, die alone. alone. A love blink, blink one eighty two. Adam song. Yeah. You know the disappointing thing about that <laughs> is you don't go out playing. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't, but. Maybe Christian can say the same thing, but I don't plan on that. But you listen, it's like you come up with something, you're like, well, this is great. I don't think this sounds like anything else. And then later you got like 10 people. This sounds like this. This sounds like this. I know. Well, listen, I think Jimmy Page could say that. I think, you know, Ace Freely could say that. I mean, there there are plenty. that I, I think they're just, you know, you're influenced. You're not trying to rip off. You are just... It's, You're trying to channel something. It's three consecutive notes that anybody writes into a typical melody, and uh, you know you pick up melody up. I mean, uh, everything's manifested from somewhere, right? So, yep. Uh, you know, it all seats in there. And again, uh, there's no way, order, or fashion how any of us need to defend ourselves from being inspired from our heroes. Am I right? You're correct. No, I was just gonna say. I think the genius of. I mean the genius of being a band or a working unit is being a lot of people try to be this unique thing and try to reinvent the wheel. I think the coolest thing you can do is be a product of your influences. And so like something like that, those things are ingrained into your psyche and then you just translate them into this new realm and people can say, yeah, it reminds me of that, but still it's, it's this trademark thing that only you guys are doing. Okay. So I think that's really cool but, and really unique. And let's even uh, stop short of being a musician, you know, the type that picks up, uh, you know, a pair of drumsticks or a guitar or, or, uh, or sings. It's just a consumer, someone who enjoys or identifies with something in, in that music that becomes their identity. Do you, yeah. do you see? And, and I think as musicians that sometimes we assume those identities of a Kurt Cobain or of a Mike Durnt from Green Day or, yeah. uh, you know, of uh, Cole, yeah, I, John Bonham. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean the list goes on. Eddie Van Halen and and, and Ace Freely. And, I mean, Dave Grohl. Yeah. See, there we go. <laughs> I, I think that that everyone can 
at some point listen to their own music and go, man, I, I think I ripped off the offspring a little bit there. You know, I mean, I, well, well not, not everyone says they ripped off the offspring, but you, you get what I'm saying. Something's always going to sound like something else. That's how it is. When, and when I first started yeah. writing songs, like I didn't, that was never one of my goals personally was like, I'm going to come up with my own sound. Hats off to everyone that does. My thing was, it's like, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a super fan. Like I love these bands that I listen to and like I play their songs. I listen to them like they're, they're my life. And so when it came to songwriting and like, it was like, well, I want to come up my own stuff or I want to write my own songs. And if it kind of ha- sounds like them, then like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I want. You kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to get to this point in the show and just kind of want to shift gears a little bit since Christian's bands, uh, Boys Home, uh, yet to be determined whether they will uh, be reuniting it and and getting out. And it's a mystery. It is. It's a mystery. By the time this airs, they, they might even be on tour already. They, they may be. <laughs> Never fucking know. <laughs> and then uh, there's Adored. So there's there's a there are a couple of projects. FM Rodeo. They're currently out playing shows. You guys are like releasing songs every month. Is it every month or every other month? It just seems like you guys are turning out new material all the time. We were doing our best to do one like about every month or every other month where we're currently, we're going into the studio at the end of the month, at the beginning of next month to do another three song demo. Okay. So we'll, we got more songs coming, but yeah, for a while there, we were trying to do it pretty consistently just to like, keep it fresh. It's uh, it's very difficult to create a deadline and also try to promote, the release because it's it's a big deal. I, so you know. yeah, that's where I'm getting is it's not just creating music now, right? <laughs> there's uh, yeah, there's all it's, this it's, other it's, stuff. So it's marketing and uh, and that's where I come in. And so here's the deal: it's all deadlines because uh, it's nice to consistently release the, this this uh, this material. And Troy has uh, <laughs> banks full of material. It'd be I don't know. I think it's a personal goal that maybe, like, even if, like, uh, we're old and, and everything, we're still just, uh, man, remember that one we wrote in uh, 13? And, you know, <laughs> let's go and record it and release it. So, yeah, you know what? We're, we're lifers, goddammit, and that's the way it is. Everybody just get used to that shit. But uh, with that aside, so we got to market each, uh, you know, release. And so what happens is... Right now, we're recording on September 1 up in North Austin, a place called Hot Spot. It's sort of a newer joint. We're recording with Stuart Sullivan, who uh, did uh, work with the Butthole Surfers and Sublime and many, many other acts. Sweet. He came uh, recommended from our friend Gene Freeman. He goes by The Machine. He has a recording studio up in Joyzing. Uh, He also has a recording studio in Dripping Springs, Texas. And that's where we recorded a majority of our songs already is at his recording studio. Okay. All right, and uh, shout out to Julian Garguillo. Uh, if I I could never pronounce your name, Julian. I'm sorry, but uh, Har- Julian moved back to uh, L.A. Unfortunately, that's why we're working with Stuart. But we Julian, miss him. We miss yeah, him we more. miss Julian. He's a great guy. Uh, record uh, mixed most of our stuff that we released at this point. He mixed uh, self-titled national anthem. Did he? Yes. Did he do that? Okay. He did. And excellent. S- yeah, excellent job. So anyway, uh, he works under Gene Freeman who uh, is a producer, and he produced three Clutch albums, Lamb of God, Sacrament album, Rob Zombie, you know, the list goes on, right? He 
told me he wanted to work a deal out and then uh, uh, mix the next three songs. And so we're looking so forward to working with Machine, you know, on that level. And that's cool that you guys have, you've, uh, over the past year or so, you guys have, have gotten to check out some really cool studios with some different mixers and engineers. Well, playing shows as well as doing studio sessions, uh, we are definitely opening up our, um, our network, so to speak, for, you know, meeting other professionals and kind of checking out different aspects of the biz. There's the biz, the aspect of the biz where you're on the road or, you know, in venues. There's also, as we're talking about the studio sessions, that in its own right is a whole different, you know, uh, monster to manage as well. But to kind of finish, wrap up what I was saying about recording on September 1, uh, Machine's going to mix it. Our goal is to, by Halloween of 2023, release our next song, I must say, I can't uh, wait for that one to come out. We've never <laughs> announced that before. Yes. Oh, it's a first here. That's yes. it's one of our favorites to play. It's a, a little, it's a, it's one of our DR, drop D songs. It's a little more on the darker <laughs> side than what we normally <laughs> play. All right, um, but perfect for Halloween season. All right, in my opinion. So I think uh, that's great. Again, with the deadlines and the management and all this stuff, um, you know, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, time. Uh, after work to deal with and manage and uh, t- a lot of time uh, while I'm driving at work, my real job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, you guys, you, you shot uh, you, you shot music videos for a lot of these. Now, Christian uh, with Adored, it was during uh, uh, pandemic or COVID, uh, whatever era that we refer to that as blackout, I think. Yeah, uh, we're missing a couple yeah. of years, but you you guys uh, shot your videos. Uh, w- were you in Wichita, Kansas? We were, yeah. So uh, we launched Adored literally the month before the pandemic hit, and I remember Lennon being like, "Hey, there's this thing that people are talking about, and it might be a thing." And I was like, "Nah, dude, that's not that's not gonna happen." Uh, and you know, then the world shut down. So. Uh, the the premise with the door was we had come out of this previous project and had a rotating door and we were like yo let's just do a door but let's make it this art project and uh, we were just like let's do an EP but we do a music video for every single song that we release and and that was kind of how it started we had a lot of downtime so we had a lot of time to work work a lot of that stuff out now some of this stuff looks like it it may have come out of like MTV 1982, 83, 83. Yeah. 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 That, that was, uh, that was the goal, man. Uh, we were, we, uh, a lot of those videos, our references were, you know, uh, like the love cats video from the cures, very DIY. It was just the cure and Tim Pope with a shoestring budget going, let's, let's throw a video together or, Oddly enough, there were, uh, we were watching like a lot of like old jewelry commercials, uh, a lot of like old infomercials that were kind of, kind of inspiring, uh, some of the technique. And so we shot everything, everything on all of those videos was an accumulation of, you know, modern technology, but most of that stuff was shot on VHS as well. So, um, there's a, there's a, retro uh kind of vibe with everything like you guys actually shot on vhs like t120 vhs 
Yeah, dates. yeah, yeah. On a on a Panasonic Omni movie. Yeah. Nice. So my understanding is that that you guys are really trying to intermingle a lot of art into yeah. your music. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we we the the whole premise for Adored is that it and this is kind of like our you know, our mission statement is that Adored is a multifaceted art endeavor. So that meant, you know, audiovisual, but also we wanted to collaborate with other artists. Uh, and we got to work with a really great photographer by the name of Hugo. And we did a lot of really cool stuff with, with that first Adored record. Well, one of the videos is up for this one. You can go and find it on the interweb somewhere. But uh, as you're listening, and I'm sure that you're going to love this one, go and give them a boost. They are called Adored. This is called Midnight Sanctuary. The Smash My Records podcast.
that is adored on the Smash My Records podcast. Thank you for joining us. And if you would, boost... Uh, Christian Nichols, one half of Adored, and that is the band you just heard, Adored, Midnight Sanctuary. The video for that, uber cool. Um, and like I said, about 1983 era MTV. Where can we check that video out? It's uh, it's on YouTube, uh, Adored Midnight Sanctuary, and it's going to be the first thing that pops up. Adored Midnight Sanctuary. And is it, uh, your name spelled just like it sounds, A-D-O-R-E-D? R-E-D, yep, okay. absolutely, yeah. It's not adore, as some people have mistaken. <laughs> mistaken. Yeah, A space D O O R. That is not it. People call it us FM adore. radio all the time. Uh, <laughs> almost every place. I'm sure. Play. FM radio, by the way, I just want to. I just want to know. It's such a great name. What a bitchin' name! I love that. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's yeah. a fun name. It's uh, There's another FM Rodeo in Wisconsin. They're a country cover band. And we are friends. Yeah, they're great. They're fucking <laughs> oh, badass. Yeah. They can play the shit out of some Amarillo by morning, but we're sort of like a, you know, an alt-rock, but what we call it, Texas alt-punk. Texas alt-punk, yes. Texas alternative I punk. Love that. And we love your shit, too, yeah. man. We need to uh, collaborate for sure. Let's get together oh, after this. Yeah. You know what, yes, I, yes. You know what I, I love about uh, this era of music, though? is because there are so many festivals out there, I feel like even in venue, in smaller venues and at smaller shows, even when you have like uh, two or three bands, multi-genre shows. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like, I, most people don't care what genre it is as long as it's good. Right. Or, an original? Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd say most of the places we play – the bands that we play with don't sound like us at all. And I love that because, you know, that yeah. gives me something to watch before and afterwards where we play. Like, I don't want to hear just one thing over and over again. I want to hear multiple kind of genres. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's and funny. I, I think, I think there's like a, there's this pattern of like every 20 years, there's that like thing of where genre kind of doesn't become a thing. Like the nineties uh, was a good, good representation of like yo like yeah let's throw limp biscuit and also tony know, tony tony like, <laughs> you yeah, know Alanis like, Morissette Cheryl Crow yeah yeah exactly yeah let's throw that on a bill but then you know uh now I kind of feel like that's the thing like here in Oklahoma City specifically there are like hardcore bands that are going to play with like acoustic singer songwriter kind of stuff it's just it's just cool to see people coming out for all sorts of different music at one event i think that people just want to be entertained well there's a thing to be said about festivals uh people do go out to them they want to check out a lot of other things and discover new music and uh let's say take like any festival like acl for example austin city limits music festival which yeah. is um not what it used to be i'll just put that right there but either way, there's a lot of great acts that perform, and you could see Childish Gambino, Foo Fighters, Tom Petty, you know, just way different, you know, types of types of music. And people still go if they're selling out festivals, then maybe there is something to be said about kind of like what we're talking about: different music scenes that just join together. Yeah, exactly. I don't know about you guys. I am not. I, I feel like I'm in. We're in this day and age where I can uh, finally, you know, take out my rock and roll card and like maybe put it in the glove box or in the top desk drawer or 
you know, into my sock or something for a little while, because I really, there's so much music that I really enjoy. And there's so, there, there's so much from the past that, you know, reconnects me with childhood or, you know, just nostalgia. Right, uh, right. And, and I'm, dude, I'm like, I grew up on radio. I grew up listening to the radio and grew up listening to that top 40. But my dad also had these really bitching records, you know, that, that he and his friends would play, you know, full length, uh, either on vinyl or reel to reel, or we would listen to the eight track in the bitching good times van on the <laughs> way to the lake to go skiing, yeah. you know, with the jet boats and, you know, the whole bit. Um, you know, it was like, that was my first time here in Van Halen. It was my first time here in the cars and ZZ Top and Steve Miller band and shit like that. You know, that's a fabric of who I am. And then I got mm. into what I thought was the rebel stuff like Joan Jett. I love rock and roll, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, she just looked badass, right? She ran you know? away. And she did. Yeah. Uh, but on the same <laughs> on the same token, on the flip side, there were bands like Hall & Oates that I yeah. loved, I man. I love Hall & Oates. And, like, I, I, think <laughs> about, I think about 1984 Hall & Oates, like when that big band Boom record came out. Because they were all over, you know, MTV and night tracks and uh, all that stuff. Who sings that song? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it was like different than rock and roll. You know what I mean? Right. And it's, yeah. yeah. It still mattered. It's like amazing masterpieces. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's like fabric of, you know, because those songs were your soundtrack. When Absolutely. you grow yeah. up. Absolutely. I and mean, you, you heard them in the car. You heard them at the supermarket. Uh, dude, there's something to be said about my first early memories. It was, um, you. I would let my parents listen to country music a lot. And so I'd hear just specific uh, uh, Shenandoah. We'd hear Alan Jackson. But then all of a sudden, uh, they changed the channel and it's uh, Michael Jackson. And I see the oh, guy yeah. on TV and I'm like, oh my God, he's dancing like amazingly doing a moonwalk. And doing uh, wearing a sparkling jacket and spinning around, and those it, songs are bangers, man. What would you guys grow yeah. up with in in your uh, the well, soundtrack of your youth? I'll I'll just say my first concert actually was Alan Jackson, but it was a family. I'm, I'm for it, I'm was it way down yonder on the Chattahoochee? Yes, yes. <laughs> it, when it was in Houston at the Astrodome, it was amazing. All right. But that wasn't by choice. By choice, my first concert I was in middle school was Oasis when they were touring the Be Here Now. Album. Oh my god! And it was. Oh. Like, Listen to that yeah, on the right. other end I mean, from Oklahoma City. I am right? I am uh, yeah. I am one of Noel Gallagher's uh, biggest fans by far. Like, that is insane. I love all of his uh, solo albums. Like when they're like uh, Oasis might be getting back together, I'm like, man, that might take away from his solo career. I don't know. I don't want this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you do you have an equal love for Liam, or is it a little less? It's it's I'm um, I'm way more so Team Noel. You're saying okay. hey, hey Troy. You're saying all this, but I just don't believe the hype. Uh, <laughs> Here, I'll say this. I was uh, I was Team Noel for, I don't know, fucking 20 years. And then started listening to Liam's stuff. And I was like, oh, damn. This guy can write a song, too. I'll say Liam's. What's the name of the, the latest record that has, like, Diamond in the Dark and everything electric? Come on, you know. Come on, you know. 
Holy uh, fucking shit. incredible. Oh, he's like, definitely yeah. the personality of the Come band, on, Cody, sure. you know. You're not going to find that stuff on Wavelike, but uh, I mean, <laughs> you got to. <laughs> but, but you hey, should. You're not going to find Oasis in a Wavelike. <laughs> You know, maybe Liam is one of those guys. I feel like maybe Liam is one of those guys that wants to give a big middle finger up to the system. Liam, we're calling you over here. Join the dark side. You know you want to. As you were, The man loved money. He would make so much more. Come see us. Come on, Liam. Don't you love money? As you were. (laughs) Sorry, Liam. If if you are listening to this, my Texas uh, British accent's not so hot. So I apologize. Christian, you want to chime in here on, on anything? Uh, as far as uh, like musical influences, stuff yeah. we were growing up on, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we were talking kind of about the the mixed genre thing earlier, and one of the things that came to mind is like, um, I love Black Flag's My War, and I love Bad Religion Suffer, but I also love you know uh, Madonna's True Blue, and I fucking love Cyndi Lauper's She's So Unusual. Oh yeah. So, but I mean, for me, I think the the love for the music thing really started with Blink, as a lot of kids, you know, my age that were born uh, in the early mid '90s. What's your age um, again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> almost thirty, but not quite. <laughs> I'm gonna ride. That's a good song. Twenty nine right as hard as I can. Yeah, that is a great song. What's my age again? I might do. Did you, uh, did you listen to other? Um, so you said to Cindy Lauper and just kind of like sweet. Music like that, and then uh, lots of uh, pop punk. Uh, yeah, it was it was all over the place for me, man. Uh, like a lot of you know, a lot of my early childhood, I was really hooked on like the Blink stuff. I remember being like five years old and seeing the All the Small Things video on MTV and just being like hooked immediately. Great video, great uh, album cover too. Yeah, and of course. Uh, and then you know, as I got older, it was you know, if it were, I'll just say this: if it weren't for Blink. They wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't be introduced to, you know, like bands like Pennywise or Bad Religion or Rancid, but I also, in the same breath, wouldn't have been introduced to a band like The Cure or, you know, a band like Modern English who were like influences of, you know, the members of those bands. So uh, it was like one of those things where like Blink was my entire life and then I was like, what are these guys into? And then that just shot me off into you know, every other thing that those guys were into that I, I'm obsessive about interviews. So it was like, oh yeah, Mark really likes The Cure. And then Tom really likes The Clash. And, you know, Travis, you know, uh, he was probably my gateway into stuff like Gangstar and, and, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, stuff like that. So uh, digging into some of your uh, other interviews and uh, whatnot that are out there, so you had a, a pretty personal interaction with Blink-182, like one-on-one. Yeah, I uh, I got to meet those dudes on Pop Disaster Tour in 2002. So opening acts were in a parking lot outside of the venue, a band called Cut You Up, uh, which you may or may not yeah. know oh, yeah. from the uh, Riding in Vans with Boys documentary. And then... You know, uh, opening, like actual opening act for that show was Jimmy World uh, at the height of Bleed American, which just like rocked my fucking world. Amen to that. I have a question though. Where where were you when you saw this? uh, This is at uh, Dallas. You saw it in Dallas. 
Okay. Yeah, which uh, at the time was the uh, Smirnoff Center. Smirnoff Center. It yep. was like it the Coca Cola Starplex at what one is, time. Is that like downtown Dallas? That's uh, got did y'all see him in like army barrack style type? It's uh, arena. So that arena, the Smirnoff Center, it's like um, partially covered. You know. Okay. Yeah, uh, and, and, and then, then there's lawn seating. Yeah, so there's like a lot of seats that are covered. Yeah, like an amphitheater, and then there's a green. Mm-hmm. But like they do yeah. some. Like I just saw that you know there was like a big Alice in Chains show there not too long ago. It was like fucking sold out. You know, and it's like that, that place holds like thirty thousand people or so. Jeez. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. Uh, it's and then you know and then it was Green Day. Uh, so Jimmy World, so cut you up in the parking lot, and really, unfortunately, at the time, we were just like, "Who the fuck is this band playing in the parking lot?" And then, you know, we go in, and then it's Jimmy World, who I was just like hooked on, and then uh, Green Day, which uh, fucking what a show, um, and then you know, Blink to close out the night, and it was uh, I got to meet those guys, uh, like a meet and greet sort of thing um and that probably you know that's that's a memory that's burned into my psyche uh and i remember you know telling at the time i played bass and i told mark i was like hey man like i play i play bass because of you i'm like seven or eight at the time and uh, tom goes just play just play for two more weeks man and uh you'll be better than him Ah. don't worry about it that sounds (laughs) yeah sounds uh, like their personality yeah and and Travis was you know quiet and mysterious at the time, so it was just What's up, little man. He's yeah, saving it for the Kardashians. <laughs> Reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it with all these punk rock guys that go off and marry like the good Charlotte guys that started with you bastards, didn't it? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it's uh, I guess it's you know that fabulous to you know be a celebrity. Yeah, I, well, I guess Travis did it once before with uh, Shannon Mokler, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a schmoozer. He yeah. loves the celebs. Yeah. The reason I asked you is I saw them, actually. I saw that uh, during the Pop Disaster tour. I, I saw them in Selma oh, outside of San Antonio. And yeah, it's one of my favorite concerts, oh, too. So it was probably Dude. obviously right around the same day or yeah. two before or day afterwards. And I met yeah. I met Mike Durnt. Um, this would have been oh, South by Southwest 24. 14 or so maybe yeah. okay. Um, okay i saw him at the rachel ray party everyone, everyone said that they're like oh the members of green day usually show up to that party if you can get in go and he was the only one there and i saw yeah. him talking to rachel ray's husband and like you know people were staying away from him i think they're a little bit starstruck but i was like i had a drink and i went up and i just cheersed him real quick and i was like i just wanted to cheers you um big fan um See you later. Whatever. You know, I was that's nervous. A, yeah. That's goes, a classy way to do it. As man. I walked away, he's like, no, 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 no. Come here, come here, come here. And I was <laughs> oh, like, very I was cool. like, oh, and he, oh, he kind of like blew Rachel Ray's husband off and he was just talking to me. And he goes, Um, so uh you you live here in Austin? And I was like, Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, me and my wife are thinking about moving out of the Bay Area and uh moving over here and he asking areas, stuff to do, and I'm like, This he's asking me. <laughs> but um <laughs> oh, yeah, I told him yeah, I was dude. like, I had to tell him, I was like, you know. I was like, uh, your song Brain Stew, I've, I, I teach guitar, I used to teach guitar lessons. I was like, that was always my, the song I taught to all my students. And I was like, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you or whatever. And he goes, 
yeah. And he's like, have you ever seen us live? And I was like, yeah, the pop disaster tour. He goes, I love his reaction. He goes, oh yeah, we killed it. We killed it every single show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so, so I asked him, I was like, why did y'all, why did Blink-182 open for y'all? Or I mean, I'm sorry. Why did y'all open for Blink-182? I was like, y'all are Blink huge. 82. And he goes, oh, they were selling more albums at the time. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I like you both, but. I, oh man. I, yeah. I, I, I saw that show too. What, what an incredible vulgar display of punk rock it was so fun man yes so fun (laughs) like i've never i don't think that i've ever been in a venue where people were up in their seats jumping like and i was kind of afraid to do so (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, that they were going to give away but i wanted to join in with everyone else man oh he yelled out he goes he was looked at on the lawn he goes i want about two or three hundred of y'all to come all the way to the front of the stage. I've oh, never God. seen a crowd just, I mean, because I was on the lawn. I didn't go. But I saw everyone just rush. He goes, remember, if someone falls, pick them up. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. What about you, Johnny? You haven't chimed in yet. What did you grow up with in your, uh, so, is your soundtrack, man? So, um, you know, I, I saw I was saying earlier, there was the uh, the Alan Jackson. I remember a lot of early on, like it was uh, Bocephus, and uh, outlaw country and that kind of stuff. That's just what my parents were playing. And then uh, I'd get a you know my aunt or somebody would come in and they'd turn the channel and I'd see uh, Michael Jackson on TV, and uh, that was quite the thriller. And <laughs> yeah, no. uh, I think what uh, turned me <laughs> turned me on to other different types of music though uh, in, in a little bit longer. Oh, we moved across town. And we made friends with a guy and he gave us a tape. From Radiohead, it said uh, "Creep" on it, and it had a B-side, uh, the Torn Jeans song, and um, that song "Creep" was like boom, you know, blew our minds. And then around that time, there's other stuff that's going around on the radio. Is like I remember Four Non Blondes and stuff like that, pop music. Uh, but then I kind of started getting into uh, hip hop because my older brother was a street thug, or at least he wanted to be. <laughs> And uh, so I was listening to a little bit of Tupac and Bone Thugs and Harmony, and uh, I really, really adored Coolio because it was real simple pop music that was, you know, good. Uh, Gangsta's Paradise was like a really cool movie, and being a small kid in West Texas, seeing like inner city stuff was really interesting, right? And so that's sort of what gravitated me towards MTV. So my first couple of CDs are as follows. Oh, don't forget soundtracks, right? I had the soundtrack to The Lost Boys. Uh, the vampire movie in the eighties. Sweet. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really, really cool. I can sing you all. I listened to it recently on Spotify yeah, in the shower, like, and I sing the whole fucking thing. Uh, in excess, right. Echo and the Bunnymen. Yes, yes, yes yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that shall not. Yeah, I all that. The saxophone player. Oh yeah, funny the enough, greased up saxophone not, player. I'm still believing. Yes. Well, I can't. I can't. I'm not supposed to do that. So. But, that's my ringtone. But here we go. My first couple of CDs was Bocephus. It was. Um, uh, Gangsta's Paradise soundtrack. It was Lost Boy soundtrack, and it was. Um, uh, I don't think I bought a cool CD besides like hip hop stuff until um, Right Around the Corn came out and grabbed my attention. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what brought me back to the rock world. Was was uh, new metal movement? I reckon it was Corn. Well, there was that there was that handshake of of, of hip hop and this. 
new weird sound of guitars right. and like basses with the strings almost falling off of well, them. They were tuned so low, you know? Right, percussive, very deep percussive. And there you also, go. Uh, That's it. Uh, a lot of these bands started using like 808s. And if you don't know what the 808 is at home, basically in the 80s, they created synthetic sounds and 808s was one of the er- early on, you know, sound bites for, for hip hop. Well, for... The Roland 808. Yeah. Yes, the yeah. Roland 808s. Yeah. And so it's like deep, deep, uh, you know, bass mostly, but it's like just electronic music, which features in a lot of things that we hear today. Um, sometimes, unfortunately. But <laughs> uh, but uh, that's all another conversation. Anyway, it's sort of like, uh, I guess, another friend brought me into Nirvana. Um, and uh, from Nirvana and Korn, I guess I was getting into. Um, um, Listen to what was on the radio. Uh, all kinds of pop rock music, uh, you know, Buck Cherry and uh, stuff like that. But then, of course, there was like System of a Down, Deftones, and all that heavy shit. I just, That's I perfect. just liked all of it. But probably right around my first musical crush, where I, buy, I had to buy every fucking CD, was definitely Nirvana. I don't know what it was. I think a lot of it was, you know, just the music is amazing. But like the the since Kurt's death was somewhat of a mystery. Uh, it just made it so much more mythological, mythological, and and everything else. Well, I I find this all fascinating. First of all, um, your passion for hip hop. First of all, rhythmic stuff. You're a drummer, right? Uh, rhythmic stuff, and then we start talking about Nirvana, and and now in this time when Dave starts talking about all these rhythms that he was laying underneath they're inspired by like R and B, which R and B takes those samples. And, and, uh, and so here we are, it's almost like coming full circle. I mean, we see what you, um, what you seem to, uh, to navigate towards, you know? Well, I think the same thing could be said about a lot of drummers out there. They're, uh, really just have a lot of passion, uh, like take Travis Barker. He's a big time fan of hip hop and yeah. uh, pop music. I read in an interview, speaking of interviews, Christian read in an interview that, uh, Travis Barker actually might've been a podcast. Hey, um, hey. this doesn't feel like a podcast, by the way, this is a lot of fun. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, Travis Barker on a podcast is talking about, well, when my sister brought in like her Britney Spears albums or whatever, you know, I would always just drum to that because, you know, you just feel the music. You don't necessarily got to turn it into some like, well, he's the best singer and or, you know, these lyrics are a little bit darker. You know, you just take take all the bullshit out. It's whatever you feel, you know, and as a drummer, I could definitely relate to that. You know, it's uh, I also feel like I'm uh, inclined because I love doing it i love the feel i love it's gratifying to play music and beats for people and uh you know even when i was playing uh country covers and i was playing amarillo by morning and that's the last time i'm going to mention that song on this podcast um (laughs) (laughs) you know you get 10 couples on the dance floor immediately in a dead dive bar and all of a sudden there's 20 people on the dance floor and they're you know going at your pace and it's very gratifying but uh i really love punk rock drumming do you guys want to know what's really cool as I as I'm just taking all of this signal in from from all of you is that we're talking about the fabric of our youth and and nostalgia and what is kind of 
moved us in this direction of music. I'm 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 a musician also, more uh, more of a behind the scenes guy. I like to push buttons and and faders and and twist knobs and uh, like to be in on a creative. Hell, I like to help uh, artists make the best song that they can make. Uh, Production just, baby, you know, uh, without getting in the way. But but here's what's cool. Uh, as we're talking about these bands that we grew up listening to and and that we found identity in, think about this: as you guys are are close to thirty somethings or close, you know, there's another generation coming up that's going to be listening to Wave Lake. They're going to be listening to podcasts like the Smash My Records podcast, like Adam Curry's Boost a Grand Ball, and they're going to be discovering bands for the very first time. And at some level, there's going to be some band, maybe one out of four or five or ten, that they connect with and that they that they gravitate toward, whether it be lyricism or it just <laughs> it's something that moves them emotionally with that chord progression, uh, wh- whatever the case is, they are going to be discovering bands like you that in future generations, other podcasts <laughs> and uh, and or shows uh, will be talking about. I, I, I feel like bands like you because this is the beginning of a new revolution. Well, and thank you so much for having us on here. I mean, it is an absolute pleasure and an honor. I love you guys. Oh, oh man. You're super gracious to us. We appreciate you having us coming on on the Rev, like always coming talking about the new singles and all the upcoming shows. Are very, very appreciative. Well, here, uh, I'm very appreciative that you guys made the trip over to see me and that Christian has taken time out of his schedule this Re- evening. Remote Oklahoma. Remote Oklahoma. Yeah. That's right. Again, I'm going to tell you the names of these bands. You'll find all the info in our little spreadsheet kind of thing that's all nice for you that somebody else will take care of because I can't. Uh, just not capable of that. But uh, FM Rodeo, uh, tell them what your socials are. Well, you can find us just about on anything. Uh, the website is fmrodeotx.com. You can also search FM Rodeo on Instagram and Facebook. Not radio. Not radio. <laughs> yeah. Just rodeo. You can nah. find us on FM, uh, Rev FM Radio if you're in Kerrville or yeah, Texas Rocks. Play you guys over there. Also, wavelake.com. Again, that's W A V. L-A-K-E dot com. And if you go to the drop down in the corner uh, and if you find catalog and just go, everything is in alcohol order. Uh, FM rodeo. You'll find them. Browse it on down. Just find it, search it and play it. I hope you like it. You know, we've worked really, really hard on those songs. We're going to release everything on wave Lake and uh, you know, we're going to spread the word to all the good paper, all the good people in the good bands. Uh, uh, to you know just just get this thing going getting off the ground you know it's all brand new right it's very exciting it's in an early you know early stages yeah we're gonna, fl- we're gonna yeah. launch off we're gonna blast off well i'm super excited about it go and smash their records right now on wave lake and boost 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 christian is joining us from remote Oklahoma, uh from okc and christian is one half of the band adored and uh also 
Um, what is it? One third, one quarter? We don't know. It's in limbo. It's a big question uh, mark. It is. Uh, Boys Home. Uh, you can find both of these bands. You guys have, you're, you're on socials, correct? Yeah, we're on socials. Uh, all of our socials for Adored are Adored Official underscore. Sounds just like, or it's spelled just like it sounds. And then uh, Boys Home is Boys Home underscore on everything. And then, you know, you'll, you search Boys Home Band or Adored Band on uh, Google and uh, we'll be one of the first thing that pops up. Also on Wave, like uh, you guys have yep. uh, the record. It's an EP, Songs yep. for Film, correct? Songs for Songs for Film uh, by Adored is on Wave Lake, as well as Marry Your Son Has Left Me and Wishbone by Boys Home. Those are both on Wave Lake as well. Give them a whirl. You might be into it. I suggest that you go and listen to them and boost, boost, boost. And listen, both of these bands, FM Rodeo and Boys Home slash Adored, so three in total. They're all on wavelake.com. And as you tell all your friends about the show, tell them to tune in. We're doing this weekly and we'll get bands just like FM Rodeo and Boys Home and Adored to come in and chat with us. Anything as bands that you want to ask each other before we get out of here today? Sure. What's your what's your uh, network like in some of these communities that you go check out bands and stuff? Do you ever run into um, specific videographers or people out there hustling photographers, uh, you know, sound guy, engineers, anybody else like that that's in some of these communities that you that you mess with? Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of times, uh, we bump into like really great photographers. Uh, we have a really great friend, uh, by the name of Hugo Zalata Romero, who shot, uh, all the photos for, for the adored stuff. He worked with us really hard on the, uh, the concept for, for the album artwork. And, uh, that's, you know, that's the cool thing about doing this is like, I'm such a fan of other arts, you know, and, uh, Music is just a gateway into those other things like film and photography and, you know, fine art and multimedia that I'm really into as well. So, yeah, there's there's a ton of that in in both of the scenes for both of these bands since they're so kind of drastically different. But there's a ton of that. Yeah. And then I want to ask you guys, like, uh, what's the Texas Texas punk, you know, punk rock music thing? look like that's that's uh something i'm a big fan of punk rock i'm a big fan of pop punk and alternative rock so like what's that like out there yeah like oh, i'm, I'm curious that. too because texas is so large like is yeah are, huge. are, are some I mean, of those <laughs> scenes like localized and are they different it is it is very very different to be completely honest with you we mostly fuck with san marcus austin and san antonio because they're all about the same distance from us and oh, yeah. Austin is awesome, well, especially for like the indie rock scene, and then of course, in, you know, many other genres. San Antonio is very unified, and they have a very strong metal scene. Uh, a lot okay. of aggressive rock because it thrives in San Antonio, but um, and San Marcos is the sweetness in between. You know, you get a lot of that bite. Now there's a, there's like punk rock and stuff in Austin, and then you know it's it's great. It just seems like to me. San Antonio is very united and Austin is very divided, you know, and that's just okay. what, what I see. I'm not going to speak for, you know, either one of those communities, but uh, they're also both very intriguing in their own right. 
it, it is all different types of, uh, you know, experiences. Is Sam Marcus as well? Sam Marcus, oh, yeah. I would say, is my probably the, my favorite place that we play. It's like a lot of the bands that we play with, like you said, like Texas Alternative Punk. It's like to the style of music that we have with the other bands that we're discovering that are out there playing music. They're pretty, I would say we're most aligned with the San Marcos area. They're um, Maddie and the dead names, uh, a band called scare and folks. Oh man, these bands are awesome. Like okay. they're, they're kind of put, carrying the same kind of torch we are, but trying to like keep this style of music going and wanted to bring it to more people. Very cool. So do you find that it's harder for you guys? Like, it seems like you're you're uh, pretty regional, and you guys stay pretty busy on a regional level in Texas. But Texas is pretty large. If you find yourself trying to get into, say, Dallas or El Paso or Houston as a punk rock band, is that tough? Are those are they resistant to that? Even though you're a Texas band. I don't want to say resistant. I think we've we've actually had a pretty good um, track record with playing in the Dallas area, and it's mainly because of um, playing with Soul Shifter, who was previous members of the Toadies. Toadies, yeah, yeah, okay. Charles and Lisa and and Maddie. I mean, besides for being a good band and us being big fans of their background, they've become like really good friends. Yeah, and they've. I, how many shows have we played with them now? Like four or five? Yeah, we brought them down to Austin and San Antonio. We played up there with them twice or so four times. Um, which that, that you know, I know we're kind of like uh, skating around your question a little bit, but um, that was in, in its own right. Speaking of Texas music, the Toadies uh, are the fucking dude, you know? They're like Dallas Denton Yeah, area. they're out of the yeah. Dallas area and, uh, you know, they were, Toadies started in the mid to the late 80s, uh, mid, you know, the latter part of the 80s. That's how old that, that music, the origins of that music, that first fucking album, Rubberneck, came out and Charles and Lisa of the Soul of Soul Shifter were founding members of the Toadies. Charles uh, coined the famous guitar sound, the feedback control. He's the feed. He's sure. like, woo, 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 yeah. woo, you know, all that cool shit. That was Charles. Thank you, Charles. Charles Mooney the third. Shout out to that guy. But as far as the punk rock scenes elsewhere, it's very interesting. It's very different. We haven't done a whole lot of research to find out where the scenes were for, like, say, specifically punk rock. But since we're, like, more, like, alternative punk, it's sort of hard to just kind of fit in with a... a straight punk rock bands. I mean, we still do. We have fun. There's given a chance out of San, San Antonio. I love those guys. Yeah. I love playing with them. Uh, good City Modern is a really good band to check out. They're pretty diverse, and they have a lot of fun pop punk uh, styles in their in their music. But um, I think since it's still post-COVID, a lot of these bands are still finding our footings, you know, and, and trying to, yeah. you know, whore around with other bands and try to, you know, see each other's fans and be like, hey, is it, you know, you know, you know maybe, uh, okay, let's go. Uh, yeah. We're definitely connecting out there. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's recently uh, it's starting to get stronger and stronger. Uh, the communities are starting to show up more and the turn up. Very uh, cool. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to thank both of you, Johnny and Troy, for making the drive over to see us here in the studio. Thanks to Christian from Oklahoma City. Join us. Hashtag Oklahoma. Well, and I just want to... Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to... Sorry, Troy. I, I have a tendency to do that. Why don't you just go ahead? 
No, I wasn't saying anything. Go. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, the pioneers as well as the people who are just massive supporters. The people out there who have a big passion for uh, music to where they want to push the scene. They want to show up. They want to shoot film. They want to take photos. They want to run sound. They want to uh, book shows. They want to tell people about it, promote them. All of this is possible because of guys like uh, Dave Pruitt with Capsize Television, Christopher Paul Cardoza was a photographer, Aiden Ross Photography, Bree Cray Photography. Any of the any of these people out there helping you with your content, you we owe them a debt of gratitude. And then also pe- people like you, Cody, uh, a podcast holder, uh, DJ personality. You know you go up to bat for us and you support us, and it means a lot for us, and it keeps driving the fuel. Well, I have yeah. an ass kissing session as well. <laughs> no, you know, listen, I, I'd been, Adam Curry and I became uh, somewhat, at first we were acquaintances and he came out and he did my radio show for three hours and we just got along so well. And, and he's really been uh, an influence for me as and far as being a disc jockey, you know? Adam Cur- Curry. From MTV, right? Yes. And some of these people uh, might not know who the fuck uh, Adam Curry is. Uh, also, uh, he's the podfather. Yeah. <laughs> he's the reason. Yeah. And so he's the reason that, that I'm doing this. But I owe a debt of gratitude uh, to those forefathers as well. Because they are what influenced me to perform as I perform on my radio show. You know? Hell yeah. yeah. And they're the reason that I keep doing what, what I do. Um, but they are also... Like Adam Curry was a guy who introduced me for the very first time to a lot of fucking music that is now the fabric, uh, again, of my childhood. It's that blast of nostalgia that I get when I hear uh, Bon Jovi on the radio, you know, Uh, know, those things. So there are some guys that have kind of paved the way, but for 20 years, they've not been able to present music on podcast. And so thank you to Adam Curry and his team of people, because there are a team of people working behind the scenes that have been trying to develop this. And let's watch these bands get paid. Let's break records again. And let's trailblaze. And that's what we're doing. Welcome to the first fucking show, guys, of the Smash My Records oh, podcast. Oh, the revolution is now. Christian, thank you. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, adios. Buenos dias. C'est la vie. Guten uh, Tag. Yeah, Alvita Zane, good night. Alvita Zane. Arrivederci. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. Hell yeah. Okay, awesome. Oh,